Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Uh, good uh, talking to you, as usual, and all the fans out there. Thanks for joining us, supporting what we're doing. I'm back in Oklahoma, as you can probably see by the, my little office here. Man, I wish I knew how to move this damn camera. Well, there's, there's like oh, a moving camera. Look at you. Look at you. DiMaggio. All these, all these items are signed. Mantle, DiMaggio, Ted Williams. They're they're in one picture. That that jersey there is signed by the Mick. Wow. They've got some of my uh as you can see, some of my John Wayne stuff. This picture behind my head, that little round black dark dot. Yeah. This picture in the middle of the uh, frame. Yeah. It's his last hairpiece. Oh wow. Hairpiece. Jan found all these things, God bless her. Uh and you know, she said, You're so hard to buy for. Which I get, you know, I'm not a uh, fashionista. I don't need this or that. I'm happy <laughs> my T-shirt here, you know. Yep. I'm cool. Uh, but she found all kinds of John Wayne things. You know, I've got a I've got a cigarette lighter that I don't use. Uh, I've got a uh, three pair of his cufflinks. And when I was when I when I was uh, dressing up for like paper use, I always wore a pair of John Wayne cufflinks. That's cool. Every show back and look at any any pay-per-view i've done old vintage stuff and you get a shot at those links or they're mixed or excuse me john wayne's so you got a little superstitions you know we all do some way or another uh so anyhow it's a uh, good i'm good i'm glad to be back in oklahoma my ironically my kids are on vacation uh separately so they're not going to be around so uh as they say daddy can act a fool Oh, well, I like that. I'm looking forward to you acting a fool. <laughs> so, but everything's good. I'm about to be home and, and, uh, get this thing rolling and go to a little football this weekend. I'm excited. Oklahoma plays, uh, Nebraska on Saturday. And I'm excited about that 50th anniversary of the game of the century in 1971. 
So, and I don't care how good Nebraska is. They're good or bad or whatever. So that game meant a lot to me and my dad. Yep. And he'd lock things in like that. You know, people say, well, I, I get that all the time on social media, Conrad. You know, I'm sure you see it sometimes is that, you know, I'm, I'm watching you with my son. Yes. Just like my dad did with me. And it used to not even face me here to hear those remarks. And now it means everything. Because I know that I'm at the latter stages of my career. I hell it's to take a genius to figure that out. But uh, not today. I'm ready to go today. So anyway, we got some some good stuff to talk about. But I really enjoyed your hospitality and and uh, your team. What a great team you have for the ad free uh, shows dot com folks. That was a hell of a lot of fun in Chicago. It was one of the most fun days I spent in a long time. Well, I appreciate you saying that, you know, what we're talking about was top guy weekend. Uh, and Jim, I can go ahead and tell you, we've already started to make plans for next year's top guy event. Uh, we're going to try to uh, make it a full weekend again and have a great time and make it the best wrestling weekend you've ever had. We heard that routinely this past week in Chicago. Uh, we had a loaded show, uh, both on Friday and on Saturday, Friday, Jeff Jarrett and I read some mean tweets and then Eric fired back to some mean comments. People had said about him on shoot interviews. And then Mike Kyoto got to do a, a fun Q and a where man, he just let it rip about all the dirt. Uh, but then we, we finished the night off on Friday night with something a little different rebel from AEW hosted a karaoke party. And I'll be damned if like three quarters of the AEW roster, including Tony Khan didn't swing through. So it was a late night affair, great time. And then the next day, boy, it was just one surprise after another. We started with the Kurt Angle show, but then Tony Schiavone had a surprise guest and Mr. David Crockett, which was cool to see him. And then you took the stage and our big surprise was Jerry, the King Lawler, which I didn't think was even possible, but somehow we made it happen. And it was good to see the King again, Jim. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't heard of him getting any fallout. He hasn't contacted me. He's had any fallout from WWE about that because it wasn't a WWE event. No, it was a, it was a Conrad Thompson event. So, you know, I, I I'm sure he won't have any issues with it. They're not, they're only using him with those pay-per-view pre-shows, post-shows and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it's what it is, but he, yeah, it was fun to connect with Jerry. We spent the afternoon. It was good. It was a, fun thing. And I, I enjoyed the stuff in the green room, to be honest with you, without sounding like a dick, uh, as much as I did being on stage because you're, it's just a different kind of feel. Yes. Different kind of feel. So it uh, all worked out, but you had a, we had a great crowd. Yeah. If you're, if you're a fan or you know, somebody's a fan and they haven't joined the ad free network, uh, I encourage them to do it. Give it a shot. Try for a while. And then uh, you'll find out what we all find out. If you're a true wrestling fan, there's a, a potpourri of uh, a content here. And I got I got to grease my chair. I know that. Somebody, <laughs> that goddamn chair, you mispronounced chair. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's funny. You took a little shit a few weeks ago. Where I'll be damned after 23 years or whatever it is of calling him Big Show, you called Paul White Big Show. And I told Tony Schiavone, y'all should make that a bit. Like when you out of force of habit, Lord forbid, after you've called someone the same name for two and a half decades, if you say big show again, because of his WCW roots, Tony Schiavone should just say the giant and then Excalibur say Paul white. I think it would be almost be like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my it's big show giant Paul white. Oh my it's fucking yeah. fun. Why not have fun with it? 
Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I find it interesting that, you know, we go out there. So, you know, I thought our, our, our call at uh, All Out was uh, really strong. I agree. I, I really uh, loved uh, the work and the, and the skill of Excalibur and Tony. They had great nights. I thought we melded pretty well. People got to understand how hard it is for a three-man booth to coexist without walking all over each other and, and uh, not listening and all those things. Uh, and so you, you disconnect the dots, uh, you know, in, inadvertently because you didn't hear what the guy, you weren't listening what the guy said. And so, uh, but they're thick that spoke before you. So I thought we had a real good night. And uh, I don't miss pay-per-view ever because I don't know how you judge those things. If your opinion says that All Out was the best pay-per-view that you ever saw, well, then that's your opinion and you have the right to it. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I thought the only pay-per-view that I had more fun, exhilarating, you know, all just really, you know, full of emotion and, and the feels, as we were kidding about earlier, the feels were there. Uh, and I, I've done a lot of great shows, not great work, but great involved in great shows. And, but I think WrestleMania 17 was the closest thing I came to me for the emotional investment of that broadcast. And uh, so I don't know what that all means, but it means I had a hell of a good time. I thought the show was excellent, well booked. You know, uh, Tony Khan's a good booker. You know, sometimes somebody's got to realize that he's really, really smart. And, uh, you know, we've got, I sat down the other day on the airplane and, and just made some mental notes of, potential CM Punk opponents as a ton years worth. Yeah. At least not counting returns. <laughs> so, you know, Bill's not going to wrestle every week, obviously, nor should he, nor should anybody, quite frankly, uh, doesn't need to work every week. You, you, you keep, keep everybody fresh as you can, but I, I love, uh, I love that, that aspect. And then we go on to Cincinnati, which I, you and I are kidding about, the Montgomery and barbecue. I love the ribs. And so Raphael Morky and I went there on Tuesday night, but on the way in on the interstate, I started seeing these signs and I thought they were just premonitions. And I was just, my mind was playing tricks on me, these skyline chili billboards. So we were still, uh, well, I think we we're just on the edge of Indiana when we saw the first exit for a skyline chili. I said, oh, we need to get off here. Check this out. We haven't had lunch. So I got my Skyline Chili fixed in before I even got to town and then had the uh, had that great meal on, on uh, Tuesday night. So it's a fun trip. And I thought the crowd was excellent. You know, it's funny. This, these crowds are a little – you think they're attitude areas or am I always speaking that? Well, I mean, I know that the reaction that CM Punk got is an all-timer. And the surprise – I mean, that's really what All Out was about to me is – the surprises, you know, the matches were incredible. I think people are going to be talking about that Lucha bros match for yeah. quite a while. Uh, but you know, what, between, uh, Ruby and, and Suzuki and Cole and, and Brian, it's, it's unbelievable the number of surprises that you had. And I think that's the reason people, so many people, you know, it, it leaves a lasting impression. It's like when you go to the optometrist and they do that all better one, better two. Your yeah. subconscious mind just naturally makes you think that the second one was better. The thing you heard most recently, or you saw most recently, that's what you're going to leave a lasting impression with. So 
what's that old cliche? It's not how you start, but how you finish. And you guys finished so strong with that big Brian surprise and the Adam Cole surprise that people were just in like a, a high for a few days on wrestling. And then you guys had a great follow-up effort last Wednesday night. And, um, I texted a few folks afterwards and said, man, that show just flew by, you know, and sometimes it's a chore to get through a wrestling show, uh, because you just feel like some of the segments, well, that wasn't for me. Uh, but right. that, that particular show, I was like, man, that was, that's about as good of a show as you could have hoped for when it was over with, I wanted more, which I think is the idea that you want to leave them wanting more. And you guys have a lot of momentum right now and I'm excited for what's next. Yeah, me too. And, and big weekends as we already know, in in the Northeast, you know, uh, uh, show in the show in, uh, uh, New Jersey, <clears throat> it's very special. Big crowd, crazy passion. And then uh, I believe it's this week we go to New York, to Queens, to the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And if I'm not mistaken on my calendar, if I make that track, Conrad, am I right on that beat? Yeah, I think so. So, and it's got, I've heard different numbers, uh, but it's got, uh, uh, you know, you got just, 17,000 plus people are going to be there. Maybe, you know, I don't know what the number is going to end up being because they're still selling tickets, even limited view. Uh, so it's going to be a, it's going to look amazing because they've never had wrestling. But I'm aware of I don't think they have. I agree. I don't think so either. You know, Raphael Morphy, who lives in that area, had to go through the, the city council and all kinds of all kinds of things like that to get this deal done. But he, he pulled it off. And now, uh, you know, I don't know that all the information on the uh, COVID stuff right now, as I said here, but it's, it, it goes without saying that COVID's here. It's real. We got to deal with it. How do we deal with it best without making it a political issue? That's what pisses me off that the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers are arguing with each other about who's right or who's wrong. And I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure all that shit out. Man. I, I got to go with the science. And I'm not telling anybody that's listening or watching that all oh, you should get vaccinated. I think you should personally for me, but if that's not for you and you believe that you're, it's worth the risk, then, you know, that's your call, but just don't be coughing around my ass. Cause I don't, I can't afford to get sick. <laughs> that might you need know? to be a shirt. Don't be coughing around my ass. I love that. So anyway, but it's been really exciting times for us in AEW and we're the one thing about this crew they're seeing what hard work can result, what it can result in uh, for the fans and for them eventually. So uh, they, they, they love those big crowds. Conrad, can you, can you imagine how many of those kids uh, that came from the Indies that we've been nurturing for you know, over two years, how they feel when they're, in, when they're able to display their skills in front of a big crowd that gives a damn? not 300 people at an indie show or whatever. Uh, and they're loud and boisterous. I get it. They're just not about enough, enough numbers there, but these kids are living their dreams. I mean, I, I, had, I had talents coming to me and said, I can't believe I never knew it was going to be like this. And, you know, and that started with punk coming back in Chicago, uh, on that uh, fateful debut night that uh, I'm not going to forget anytime soon. I have I've heard a lot of great pops, you know, Austin coming back, Triple H, and I hope he gets speedy recovery. As a matter of fact, Paul Lebeck has some heart issues. Sort of hope he gets better. 
and healthy and uh, and for his family, his and his family's sake. At this point, it's not all about the business. That's right. And so uh, a lot of us that are lifers sometimes have the wrong priorities. And uh, the business can't be it be the all be all end all. You got to balance. So anyway, uh, it's a it's an interesting uh, time to be a fan for sure. I just hope these guys continue to work their ass off. We we have all these great potential matches coming up. I think are going to be wonderful. And I'll say this, Connie the the guys that Tony has brought in can work. They're they're big time in ring performers. Yes, Cole's, I, I love Adam Cole's work. I think he's absolutely excellent. One of the best in the world, without question. Uh, Brian Danielson's been one of the best wrestlers in the world for like 17 years or something silly. Yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, uh, I helped him. Uh, we, we helped them help, uh, Daniel, Brian, Brian Danielson. I'll fuck that up too. Probably. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, you get used to the things it's, and when we go out there, we don't have cue cards or a teleprompter. It's just us, no net, improvising. And so sometimes you get in the heat of the battle. Because I ain't doing golf. Uh, we, you get a little carried away. And sometimes you get carried away to misspeak. So shame on my ass. But I know that I'll, it'll never slip by anybody because there's always a three or four people that want to tweet me that I screwed it up. How I can, how I can mis- misidentify Paul White as the big show how that ruins your show. I don't know what to make of that. Well, it just takes them all out of it. You know, they're in this new world, man, where big show never existed. And when you say it, it just, it ruins their suspension of disbelief. Jim, come on. Yes. Yeah. I, I ruined the show. My bad. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but things are good. It's fun to be in the business. I, I told CM Pump and I, we did that set down interview. I don't know if you saw the show, uh, or the pre-show, I did a sit down interview with him that was very introspective uh, on his behalf. And I thought we, we had a really strong interview. And I told him, you know, that night in Chicago, kind of re, not that I was phoning anything in, I wasn't. But the emotional side of it that you can't taste or feel or touch returned in a big, big time way. Like, I got the best job in the world. I, I'm in the business that I love. I want to do this as long as I can. I don't know how long that is, but until I or somebody, including me, decide I've had enough, then I'm going to keep doing it. But boy, it's a it's a fun. And it's, it, I couldn't have that feeling, Conrad, with a half a house or three or four hundred people or an empty audience like a Danish place. So anyway, it's all life is good. I don't know how to make much better. You know, I hate to come home to an empty house. I keep the TV on here 24 seven because when I come back in from grocery shopping or something, I always, and this is kind of crazy. I, I always kind of get the sense of Jan's here because I hear noise and, uh, this is her house. So I miss visiting. I'll go back to Florida in a couple of weeks, get a little Jaguar football, and enjoy, enjoy life. So the, some of these, the show today is very emotional for me and that it's going to be interesting to, get through it and talk about it. So our plan originally was to cover this topic last week, but, uh, well, we had some travel snafus on my end. So as a result, we played a little bonus action from ad free shows where you got to see Hulk Hogan turn heel for the very first time. 
at uh, bash of the beach, 1996, the turn that changed wrestling and Jim had never seen it. So if you haven't already checked that out in the archives today, though, we're going to be talking about a rather important day for Americans. The first SmackDown after nine 11. And of course, everybody talked about that last weekend and, and it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since it happened. But really the WWE played their own role in, I don't know, trying to get America back on track again after the biggest tragedy we'd ever experienced. Before we get to the show itself, let's talk about San Antonio. Uh, it's the day before you're in San Antonio for raw is war. Um, the show ends, you get back to your hotel. I assume you go off to bed and nobody really knows what the next day will hold. What do you remember about finishing that raw and going back to the hotel and, and, and waking up that next morning? Well, it was business as usual as it relates to finishing the show and, uh, you know, heading back to the hotel normal stuff. You'd probably stop off at the hotel bar, have a nightcap with your buddies and commiserate a little bit, which is kind of the fun. One of the fun parts about being on the road is the camaraderie with your friends. Uh, as I kind of alluded to, when I said I had so much fun in the green room, so that top guy is the top guy thing. Yeah. So, uh, and I, there's nothing out of the ordinary. And you go, but the abnormal, the surreal happened when everybody woke up. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the timeline of that, Conrad. You know, I can't remember. Was the was tragedy in the morning? Was it in the morning? Don't we think? So. I know when I first heard the news, I thought somebody was BSing me. I didn't see how that could happen. Right. But it sure as hell did. So it was a sobering day because the information flow coming into the public uh, from the media was intermittent. We knew the basic evil act that was perpetuated, but we didn't know how severe it was. So, uh, it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was, it was tough. It was hard to, I never experienced anything like that in my life. So I had nothing to compare it to. Hey man, let me give you a little life hack just in time for mother's day and father's day. I'm talking about paintyourlife.com. That's the place where you can get a gift that mom or dad will never forget real quick. Do you remember what you got mom or dad last year for mother's day or father's day? Well, here's how you give a gift that they'll never forget. You find something that's meaningful, something that's personal. Maybe we're talking about their mom or dad. Who's no longer here. Maybe it's about a long lost relative. Maybe it's about their favorite pet. Who's no longer with us. Maybe there was always this dream that mom and dad were going to vacation to some exotic tropical Island, but they never quite made it there. Well, all of those dreams can become reality at paintyourlife.com. You simply upload those photos. You can even use a photo right out of your phone. They can even help you combine photos to create one unique memory. You'll pick the artist. You'll even pick the medium. Hey, do you want an oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even pick the frame. The whole process is less than five minutes to get started. You can get it in as little as two weeks, but along the way you work hand in hand to ensure that the artist is nailing it. They're getting exactly what you wanted and you're going to get that reaction you wanted from mom or dad. I'm telling you, this has been a home run for me. I've used it for my mom, for my dad, for my father-in-law, for my cousin, for my wife. It's great for any occasion, but with mother's day and father's day right around the corner, how do we show the people who gave us everything that we really care? 
I don't think you can beat a meaningful gift like this from paintyourlife.com. And if you're looking to give the best and most meaningful gift you've ever given, paintyourlife.com can hook you up. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word Ross to 87204. That's Ross to 87204. Text R-O-S-S to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But the more you thought about it, more you saw the families of the uh, that were coming to the World Trade Center to get some word, some news, some something, uh, you realize just how real it was. So you're you're staying in a Houston hotel after all in San Antonio. You're preparing for the SmackDown. I think you had that 7.45 a.m. production meeting scheduled in Vince McMahon's suite to finalize your game plan first thing in the morning. And, of course, Vince yells from his bedroom, turn on the TV and you witness all of this sort of unfolding. And if you had to sort of close your eyes and think back to that moment, who else was in the room? I mean, obviously you're there. Vince is there. Do you remember who else is there when you're seeing all this unfold? Uh, was Bruce with us then? Yes. Bruce had been there for sure. Paul Heyman was there. Because he had all the inside information from New York City, or so he said. <laughs> Paul, he was on his phone, imagine that, uh, trying to solicit information, and he did a good job. I'm just being turd. Uh, but Paul was there. Kevin Dunn, I'm sure, was there. And then it gets sketchy for me after 20 years. Uh, but all the key players were in Vince's suite. And, and if I had to guess the, uh, the world trade center was what, like an hour or so from WWHQ in Stanford. Yeah. About, yeah. I'd say something like that. It was a, it was a quick, it was a quick drive. No doubt. And you're seeing this unfold and obviously you guys are probably having the same reaction. The rest of us are what in the world's going on. Uh, very quickly though, we realize, Hey, this wasn't just an accident. You know, there's, there's something happening here. Right. Is it just chaotic in the suite and Vince McMahon's suite at that moment of what do we do next in terms of, cause I mean, and I'm not asking from a wrestling standpoint, I just mean, we've got all these folks scattered all over the country who are a part of our organization, a bunch here in Texas for our, our, our show. Uh, but damn the show, we got to make sure, Hey, did we have any talent on any of those planes? I mean, that's gotta be something that at least crosses your mind, right? Oh, it, it does. You know, you, you, you hope that nobody that we knew or you're affiliated with or were on either of those flights, uh, cause you never know who's flying into uh, New York city. So, so, you know, if you've, you've flown in there a zillion times, it's just, it's just a, it's a plethora of travel and people moving and things like that. 
uh, I think that uh, the room wasn't loud. The room was very quiet because we were trying to listen to the television and get the updates as were being provided by the media, CNN, et cetera, et cetera. So, but nobody was talking much. And we hadn't got to the point of uh, what are we going to do about SmackDown? Uh, that was not a big topic. That wasn't the primary topic at that moment, uh, minutes after the uh, uh, after the the first uh, hit. I want to say that we were watching the TV when the second one hit. Yeah, I I'm think a, I was. I feel that no, because it was, everybody thought it was the same plane, just a replay. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden, man, it was, uh, it was, uh, another one. So then he started thinking, oh, hell, who's next? Is this a planned thing for tax all over America? Right. Is this thing that's been thought out and what's next? So, uh, it was uh, unsettling to say the very least, and and none of us in that room had ever experienced anything along those lines, nor have we since. And hopefully, the good Lord will not allow that to happen uh, again. You know, I, I, I hope anyway. So, uh, but it was it was a quiet room more often than not because we're trying to hear the television and get those news updates. Because the news, Conrad, I don't know if you remember it. Because uh, you're just a young pup at that time, but the news kept getting updated. There was new information coming. I mean, a flow. So I, uh, we, we were just all glued to the TV like kids watching Saturday morning television. But it wasn't Saturday morning television. I promise. So, you know, now you guys are the decision makers for this entire gigantic organization, and you've got to figure out. What do we do? I mean, of course we're supposed to be taping SmackDown, uh, but that's clearly not going to happen now. SmackDown's going to be canceled. And as the day goes on, I mean, sometime before lunch, all air travel is suspended. So now we can't even fly guys home. And I'm sure oh, there's a lot of talent who, for whatever reason, look at guys like you and certainly Vince McMahon as almost like father figures. But you're also their quote unquote bosses. So I'm sure your phones are just blowing up with guys saying, What do we do? Do I have yeah. that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted information. It's like we wanted it. And I said, Just stay tuned. Stay where you are. Stay safe because we don't know what's next. Right. And as soon as we get a game plan established, we'll contact you. But until then, be cool. It, as cool as possible in this horrific situation. It's, um, it's one of those deals where everybody's looking for answers, but nobody really knows what to do because there's no training for this. There's no manual. Um, at this time, did Vince already have the, the WWE jet in 2001? I feel like he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had, but we couldn't, couldn't we take that on, up either. Right. Fly home. Yeah. We had, he had to charter another jet in Houston. I don't know what the regulations were on that deal, but his plane stayed grounded. Vince's plane that we flew down there, flew that loop on, we stayed grounded. And uh, so he he uh, chartered. When it's finally able to go home another day later, 
maybe two days later. So we got very familiar with that hotel in Houston. Um, and so we, all we could do is wait. And we couldn't even, and I think we had to fly into, I want to say we flew into Hartford, because uh, generally they fly into to, uh, Westchester. There were so many planes grounded at Westchester uh, that there's nowhere to go. Right. They didn't have so room for you. Road to Hartford. I'm pretty sure Hartford. And it may have been New Haven, but I think it was Hartford. And uh, and landed there. And then they had transportation there to pick everybody up and get them home. And of course, there's a lot of talent that's just, you know, sort of stuck in Texas hotel rooms and people are trying to figure out, Hey, do I rent a car and drive home? Or what does this look like? But there's also the matter of, Hey, um, not just the arena show, but we do have a television show. Now, of course, TV is consumed with this news at this point, but at some point you guys make the decision, Hey, you know what? We need to do the show. Let's uh, take a page here from the observer quote. There were a lot of behind the scenes politics regarding the show because many felt it shouldn't go on. Basically Jim McInvale, who was a longtime wrestling sponsor going back to the beginning of time in Houston with Paul Bosch and his friend, local war hero, Michael Thornton convinced the mayor that they should do the show on Vince's behalf as they wanted his approval. Now just time out right there. Jim. Jim is who we know as mattress Mac, who is a big, uh, you know, you've seen all of his charitable acts on social media and his crazy, wacky world series bets and things like that. Uh, but a long time, close personal friend of the Bosch family. And of course, Bruce Pritchard has ties there going back to working with Bosch as well. Uh, Meltzer would say. Even though the WWF had announced on Tuesday, they were running the show on Thursday. It wasn't really cleared until Wednesday. Uh, that explains why Mac was put on television seemingly as a return of the favor, which made no sense to viewers unless they lived in Houston, where he is well known for his TV commercials and associated with wrestling forever, putting Thornton on and introducing him wasn't bad. And in fact, was a very nice touch. But by the end of the night with so many shots and references to him, it was clear they were trying to use a war hero at a unique time as an endorser of the product that left me with a bad feeling. Uh, both went on the air and thanked Vince for putting on the show, which came off as too self-serving. They were very clearly paranoid about criticism for running and were too defensive about trying to get themselves over for not canceling. There was some criticism the next day of them doing the show, but really not much. Because in the grand scheme of things, it was so ridiculously unimportant as a major issue. Linda McMahon and Gary Davis, whose media relations did some radio defending the decision the next day. So this is something that we often don't hear about these days because in hindsight, it's celebrated as a major moment for WWE and and really America because, and I realize that seems silly, but this is the first mass gathering since. And it's hard for us now and in the context of 2021 to go back to that time in 2001, but nobody knew what to expect. Would there be more attacks? Do we want to avoid mass gatherings in case there is a major attack? We don't want to leave ourselves susceptible for some sort of attack with a, with a major loss of life. So as a result, people were questioning the decision, but you guys charged forward. Do you remember? those discussions about whether or not the show should go on. Oh, absolutely. And we looked at both sides of the issue. Are there going to be naysayers? If we do it, of course they are. Uh, but we're all in uncharted waters. 
What do you do? What is the right thing to do? Well, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to that because it's a very personal thing. Uh, what we wanted to do, obviously, and, and I think we pulled it off, was just give everybody a little tag out of the, uh, of the, of the moment and uh, show our respect to those that lost their lives and their families and, and get away from uh, those, those images of the Twin Towers uh, being struck. So I thought we had the right motive. Uh, I never looked at it. You know, I didn't know I was even going to do that show until I got to the building. Uh, I don't think, I don't recall being told, it was Michael Cullen Tash was the host of SmackDown. So, uh, and then Paul Heyman and I did the show. And that was a Vince call. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't know what to, I didn't know, I didn't, I don't think any of us knew how to react. We're still fumbling around trying to figure out what the hell happened. Why did it happen? What's next? Are we safe? Are we not safe? Well, I can tell you one thing, that building in Houston was about as safe a place as there was in the world, unless there's somebody's going to try to fly a plane in it type deal, not being facetious uh, in an untimely way. But man, the, 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 Police protection, the presence, Conrad was unbelievable. They were everywhere. So I think, and, and I think we had a pretty good crowd that night. I, I can't remember if it was sold out or not, but I know we had a we had a nice house, and uh, it was a very emotional show, as we'll talk about. It's interesting. I know it's a Vince call, but you know, normally this is Michael Cole and Taz but clearly you're the voice of wrestling. And certainly at that point, the voice of WWE, did you, did you campaign or, or were you adamant about doing the show or was that strictly Vince saying America needs you, Jim? Well, uh, kind of the latter. I want you to do the show. Yeah. We didn't go in. I didn't all lobby for it because quite frankly, Michael Coles was a very skilled newsman. He had handled, you know, he was at Waco that David Koresh uh, debacle. It, Michael's a very experienced and talented newsman. So I, I didn't personally have any thoughts that he wouldn't do a great job. And so it was just a gut call by Vince. He thought that JR could do it better in this moment. And then Heyman uh, had, uh, uh, you know, Heyman had, was from there, lived there all his life. He had, he had you know, the, the, the field of geography that could be explained to the mass audience. So, uh, and Heyman and I had had some success working together. You know, we went like we brand new team, two guys that had no chemistry. So, uh, that was the deal. It was all events on that call. So, uh, and you know, and it was a unique show to do. And I think the experience that Heyman and I had probably came in handy that night. Let's talk briefly about mattress Mac. Uh, we've talked a lot about him over on Bruce's show, something to wrestle because they've been so close for so long. Did you have any interaction with mattress Mac over the years, whether it was the Bosch era or while you were working for Vince? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, after we would do, uh, we would go over and do interviews at, one of, at Paul, one of Paul's TV stations that he utilized. I think it might've been channel 13, but I'm not positive. Uh, so I may misidentify that, but when we would go over there, that's when they would film all their local Spons, spots. So, uh, Mac was there all the time because he was cutting new commercials all the time and he was phenomenal. He had no script. He had a couple of dollars in his hand. He'd say, cause it will save you money. 
you know, uh, well, he's a sweetheart of a guy. I don't know if I've ever met a guy that was so benevolent, cared as much about his community as Jim McInvale. Every city needs a Jim McInvale because he's always there to support charities. Uh, when they have weather issues, he opened his stores up for people to come in and, and, and for housing. He's a, he's an amazing man. So I, I always enjoy talking with him and he's just a, and he loves wrestling. So how in the hell can you not like somebody that loves wrestling? Right. So he's special. What role did Linda McMahon play in the WWE in 2001 to the best of your recollection? Oh, she was, uh, certainly one of the voices, uh, official voices in a high up place that the media could, uh, could uh, communicate with. I mean, she, she was a number two in the company, so she did a lot of things. But she was a great representative. Uh, her demeanor was good. It was calming. It was informed. She's educated. Uh, so she did a lot of things. But uh, she certainly was deeply involved in uh, in the communication aspect, as you alluded to earlier, uh, with uh, Gary Davis and the, of the media team. So she was very valuable, to, especially uh, during that crisis. I wanted to also bring up... Um you doing commentary with Paul actually makes the observer quote Ross and Heyman work together. Well, but there are so many underlying issues between those two dating back forever. Plus there's the feeling of many that Lawler was a better foil for Ross. Of course, we've covered the whole Lawler thing. He's taking a break defending his, uh, his wife, um, when she was released. So Paul Heyman comes in certainly a different vibe and chemistry between the two of you more combative. He would challenge you more and you would do it back. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's written here. So many underlying issues is I this, don't get that. that's what I wanted to ask. Like to me, uh, that wasn't apparent. Now I understand that there's different styles and maybe he, you've shared before that maybe Paul wanted to prep a little more and you say this and I'll say that, but with King, yeah. it was just organic chemistry, but right. it's almost insinuated that maybe there was. I don't know, for lack of a better word, residual heat from the old NWA or WCW days. But what say you to that? Well, it's not true. I mean, it's just opinion. It's somebody taking second or third hand information and then trying to put two and two together and it equals five. So, but there was no, uh, Paul and I are friends this very day. Have we had our, uh, philosophical debates? Absolutely. But it seems like that's become an issue in the, in the wrestling world that, Conrad, if I don't agree with you, then I don't like you. And so I'm saying you don't have a right to your opinion, Conrad. You know, nobody gives a shit about your opinion. That's what you're basically saying. And right. that's just not right. So, uh, but Paul and I, we've had, we had philosophical debates. He wanted to be very structured. He wanted to get his stuff in. He wanted to be able to deliver those, those toxic punchlines, you know, as a heel. He's very, very talented as we all see every week. We watch his work. Uh, but, no, I, I think that's always been mis, uh, been overstated. You know, I'm the guy that put him on television at WCW. You know, I, I, it's me that said I want him to be my partner because I've gone through so many other partners, and for one reason or the other, they were you know unavailable or they just didn't want to do the work or whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, Paul and I were—I thought we had some strong outings in WCW back in the day. But you know, there's just nothing to that. Have we, did we argue sometimes? Yeah. He's high strung and so am I, if you haven't noticed. But goddamn, it doesn't mean that we can't coexist just simply because we don't agree on 
on certain things. And he's a, he's a New Yorker and I'm an Okie. What else do you need to say? We're going to have differences of opinion and philosophies, lifestyles and all those things. But when the light came on, I thought we delivered the goods pretty damn well. But uh, I think that's a misstatement, Conrad. I think that's a, it's a good question, uh, but just not anything of significance to it. The narrative has always been that Vince was assured by government officials that regular WWE programming would actually be more helpful in getting people's minds off the tragedy. And, you know, obviously at the time, George Bush is president and he of course has a, a lot of ties to Texas. So he wasn't out of reach for Bruce or Vince or what have you. Do you believe that? that story is true that the government was, was gung ho and bullish about you guys doing the show. I don't know that to be right or wrong, but I know that there was enough political, uh, allies that wanted the show to go on. They wanted. I think here's the, here's the idea as I understand it. And I'm, I wasn't in that specific loop that, uh, uh, the government wanted the United States get back to normal as fast as possible. They didn't want to dwell on this tragedy and this horrific incident that occurred uh, any more than was already going to happen. So I think that was probably the bottom line of that deal. Was just, let's try to get back to America. And they looked at wrestling as an entertainment entity, a showbiz. So, you know, and he saw all these Americans in this uh, convene on this, uh, in this arena. It's pretty amazing, quite frankly. I wish I had a, I wish we knew what the house was. Uh, but I just want to say it was, it was a pretty packed place. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure about your question. I wish I could answer it more specifically, more directly. I can't because I don't know the answer. And I'm not going to lie to smart fans, but I think the government was interested in getting back to normal sooner than later, but nobody knew what sooner was going to mean. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, there were 12,046 fans in the house that day That's a good house. Uh, at the compact center. And I want to mention too, this is the return to Houston. And I feel like this almost never even gets discussed, but the last time the company WWF at the time was in Houston was WrestleMania 17, the biggest WrestleMania ever. And when they come back, it's September 13th, just two days after nine 11. Um, of course it was supposed to happen on nine 11, but it did not. And the show itself is, um, boy, I hate to make this comparison, but it's almost modeled after the Owen Hart tribute show that was on Monday night raw, where it's seemingly just matches and people sitting down and discussing their emotions in a confessional type format. Uh, of course the show must go on. So I do want to mention we're 10 days away from the unforgiven pay-per-view but we're not shilling the pay-per-view, which is really remarkable in hindsight because that was a primary revenue driver for the company. But you really, truly made this a tribute show. And the only comparison we really had as, as wrestling fans in that era to what a tribute show looked like was the Owen Hart situation, right? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, fortunately, we didn't have many of those events. But that's kind of what it's patterned after, no doubt. So uh, and it seemed to be the way to present it. It seemed to be the, the right way of doing it. Uh, I think... Uh, when kids or impressionable fans saw some of their heroes, some of their favorites expressing themselves as a human being and not as a pro wrestler, uh, it, I think it, I think it had significance. It's good to know what a, a talent's thinking as a man, as a father, you know? Uh, and, and I don't know, I think I'm trying to think it's, it's funny. We have our crews, a lot of our crews in, in the Northeast, uh, the uh, tech, the you know, camera guy, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I don't know how many people that, that the, uh, that the thing happened, how many people it affected personally. I know there were some people on the, on the crew that had lost people, uh, cousins, friends, things like that. And there may be even more closer relatives. I've forgotten this, at this juncture of my life, but it affected everybody. And it can, and it, it continues to affect everybody. You hear 20 years later, we're talking about it. Uh, but I think, uh, I think that was the way to go with it. You know, the athletic, the, the matches were what they were. Uh, it, it really wasn't a wrestling show. It was a tribute show that had pro wrestling as a backdrop. And the, uh, the show opened pretty strong. I'm going to track the open. So we'll play the audio here for everyone to hear what that sounded like as we started the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Houston, Texas for a very special live edition of world wrestling federation smackdown. Tonight. Tonight, the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington, D.C. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first 
public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what and make no mistake about the message this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. And we, and we will fight. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our rights. And we will fight for our great nation. America's heart has been wounded. But her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom, a beacon of freedom that never has been nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight. Nice little speech from Vince McMahon to open the show. You know, it's been uh, said a lot that Vince is a patriot and he loves America and he does those, you know, tours to visit the troops. And, uh, of course here with a big speech and you couldn't help, but feel about halfway through that Vince really started to feel it. I mean, he became like an old Southern Baptist preacher there. Did he? Yeah. Not? That was Vince's most significant promo he ever did. Yeah. What we just played was the most significant promo, I think, that Vince ever uh, delivered uh, and before or since. So uh, he did a hell of a job there. You know, uh, and it came from the, like you said, Connor, it came from the heart. And the more he talked about this matter, the more uh, motivated, invested he became. He was talking from his heart. And that's how you do a great promo. I don't want to compare what Vince said to a wrestling promo, but he was in the ring on a wrestling show. Yeah. He was cutting a promo. So there are some commonalities there, but it was natural. It was organic. 
it was real. And I think that was, uh, uh, I hadn't heard that since in 20 years, 20 years had to get up for a moment. It was that I remember where we were sitting, we're standing a whole nine yards and it's just, uh, it's hard to suppress those memories once you get reminded of them like in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, the, in a venue like we're doing here today. And then one by one, everyone from the back, production people, agents, referees, in-ring performers, everyone comes out on the ramp. I think everyone except The Undertaker uh, is out there for, uh, you know, to show support. A lot of them have right. those little American flags like the Ruscio brothers used to bring to the ring and um, they're going to have a pretty stirring rendition of the star spangled banner from Lillian Garcia. And it really was, I don't know. It was for lack of a better word, a moment, was it not where everyone's together and they're all thinking the same thing and you don't even have to say it. It's sort of nonverbal and understood that everyone's heart and mind is in the exact same place at that time. Yeah, it was, uh. We were all on the same page, you know, unlike, uh, the vaccination talks where it's become so political, which is really uh, disheartening to me that everything's going to have a political agenda, uh, especially this, this vac- vaccination stuff. And I'll get heat on that. Somebody JR has no right to try to tell me what, to, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just telling my, my take. I guess that's why you tune into Conrad and I'm grilling JR. So you want to hear our take. Yeah. That's all. So uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know what we, you know, looking back at it, Conrad in a, in a, in a condensed way, like now, I don't know what we would have done differently other than not have the show. And I thought it was the right thing to do to have the show in the form that it was presented. It was really neat to sell those talents. And what was really neat uh, for the talents that came out, wasn't their attire, wasn't their biceps, triceps, or tans, uh, none of that stuff. It was their eyes, their face, because that was real. And you saw the realness and, and how others were, were reacted to this thing. Uh, so, I, again, I, I just thought it was the right thing to do. I think we did a nice job in the way we presented it. But, uh, you know, obviously you have not, you, you wish you didn't have to make a decision like that. Uh, unfortunately we did. So, you know, you just, you let her roll, man, do the best you can with it. It was a, a special moment and, um, go out of your way to, to hear Lillian Garcia's rendition Amazing. of the, well, you know what we've got to hear. Let's just, uh, we'll, we'll play it here. Cause it's, it's a patriotic kind of day here on grill and jar. Here we go. Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight oh the
was a cool moment, man. It's me every time. That was a, as moving a rendition of our national anthem as I ever heard. Somebody else, oh, but what about Whitney? Whitney sang at the Super Bowl. That's cool. Lillian had the gun to her head, so to speak. She had horn big. The world's watching type deal. And she came through in a massive way. And sitting at ringside there, we at that time, we were uh, doing the commentary from ringside. Uh, and surrounded by folks. It was incredible. It's hard to describe in just basic words. It's incredible. It's more of a feel thing than a, I can describe it in three words type deal. But Lillian came through. It was a, her, it arguably was her best day as a performer. She delivered the goods. It was a nice touch too, having the ropes be red, white, and blue, like the old WWF ropes that we all sort of grew up on. But I don't know, man, just having them be red, white, and blue that day was pretty special. And of course there's a ton of matches on the show. We should mention, uh, just to be clear, there was a Sunday night heat taping before all this, uh, Perry Saturn beat Canyon with a spinning fisherman suplex Taz beat crash Ollie with the Taz mission. Takamichinoku and Shofunaki defeated Raven and just incredible after a uh, Michinoku driver. Then we would see the Hardy boys defeat hurricane and Lance storm. Rob Van Dam would pin Spike Dudley. Jericho would beat Christian. The Rock would beat Stasiak. The matches just sort of were what they were. The main event uh, was Kurt Angle and Rhino, and uh, Kurt Angle got the win. Uh, Meltzer liked the match, by the way. We'll talk about that later. But in between these matches, that's almost sort of exists in a vacuum because we're we're really just doing a tribute show. We have those little sit down confessional type situations and I thought it would make sense to share a few. So this is the rock. Let's take a listen. First and foremost, I have to say that I can't fathom or comprehend the pain and the suffering and the anguish that the families and friends of the victims are going through the workers working diligently 24 hours a day sifting through the rubble and looking for any remnants of life it's difficult to talk about this and I will say that I can't I couldn't imagine what it must be like to be there I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine if my own family were there I, uh, I will offer my condolences and certainly say that everyone is in my heart and in my prayers. And I, um, I just want to say uh, to everyone out there, again, to the families and friends of the victims and, and everyone involved is to just stay strong. A little different version of the rock here. You could see the yeah, real, real the real guy. Yeah, Dwayne speaking from his heart. You know, and the, obviously uh, this goes without saying, none of those were scripted. Right. There were no writers involved in the creation of that content. Uh I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but what I liked about I think it was a good thing from the standpoint that you heard 
from the heart of these individuals that you are used to seeing in TV persona much more often than not. And uh, they, they give you their heart, they give you their soul. And that those are things that, you know, uh, it's just hard to, it's just hard to put a value on because we, again, you only hear the talents are more often than not in that mind frame, Conrad, when there's been a tragedy, the Owen Hart situation, obviously. And now this, so it was, a it was, it was a daunting deal, but, uh, uh, I love that, you know, all the guys spoke from their heart and, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody would like to have said something, but there wasn't the time to, you know, the best one to spread it out. And, uh, and cause we had an audience to entertain. That's right. We had a thousand people in that arena and they needed to see something in the ring, moving around and letting them maybe invest in the match. I remember best telling the guys, you know, go out and just have a great, go out and have the best match you can have. Take their mind off of it. You know, take big bumps, take big backdrops, you know, lay your stuff in, uh, you know, entertain, entertain, entertain and, 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 and embrace this audience because this audience needs your hug. And so that's kind of the, that was our role. Heyman and myself, that was our role. I don't know that I'd have to go back and listen to the commentary, but I don't think we had any long stints of argument, conflict. I think we were pretty straightforward on this thing. Heyman was his personality. I was mine for that's worth. Uh, but it was really straightforward, man. It was really straightforward. And I'm surprised it was as well received as it was. There's always going to be a few naysayers. You shouldn't have done the show. Okay. If that's your argument, then so be it. It's your opinion. But many disagree, including myself. Well, let's, um, let's play a, another confessional here. There's a few we want to play. Uh, we should mention Jericho had a phenomenal one here. He obviously has ties to New York, his dad being a professional hockey player there for much of his youth. And, um, Michael Hayes gets an opportunity and it's such a strong piece of business. As they say in wrestling that Meltzer wrote about it in the observer quote, Hayes did a promo that was better delivered than 99% of the current wrestlers could do while in character. It's funny that people see him talking like this under these circumstances, but I can't believe nobody can find some use for his talents as a heel manager for talent that is good in the ring, but not as good on interviews. And boy, if Michael Hayes can do nothing else, it's talk. Let's take a listen. You know, Americans we're we're, we're not perfect people and we never claim to be perfect people, but we are good people. And the people that did this are evil people and it's really put some things into perspective I mean like for me the things that you read are used to read in the history books that just seem like stories from the from the pilgrims coming over to the Revolutionary War the Civil War World War one and two Korean Wars Vietnam Gulf Wars you really feel how real it is and how so many women and so many men have fought and died for freedom and that's something that will never stop in this country because we are Americans and we will fight, we will die for our freedom. And it brings to mind two sayings that are very famous and been around a long time in this country. One of them is, united we stand and divided we fall. Well, we have not fallen and we are more united than we will ever, ever be. And the second saying is this, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And I personally, cannot wait to see those responsible get it 
How good of a promo was that? That was great. Me and Michael's so good in uh, verbalizing. Always has been. And he understands the room. A lot of wrestlers don't understand the room. They cut the same promo every week. Uh, but he and Michael always understanding the room. And you know, he cut a little threatening promo there to the uh, offenders. We're going to get you. And I can't wait to be there. I wanted to be, I'd like to be, be able to be there to see it. So Michael's uh, extremely talented. And he still is. He does a great job there for them now. And I'm glad he's still hanging around the business like, like yours truly. There's another uh, couple of uh, little clips I want to play. They're pretty controversial. Up first is Bradshaw. Uh, he has a hot take here. Let's take a listen. You know, I have heard and I have seen of cowardly acts that have happened before. The extermination of the Jews by some maniac in Germany. The bombing of a federal building, Oklahoma City, by some maniac. And now some maniac has attacked America, attacked innocent men, women, and children, husbands, fathers, parents, all because of some religious belief or some other motive that he has. These people had nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with you. We're running this show tonight because we're going to show you that you cannot break, you cannot even bend the fiber, the backbone of the United States of America. There's going to be some critics. There's going to be some critics that wonder why we run this show. I want to make... Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's perfectly clear. Go to hell. We're doing the show because we love America. This is all we have to give you for tonight is, is, is this evening. If I had to, I'd give my life readily for this country. I have relatives who have done that, who are buried overseas, who are buried in many different places. I would do the same thing because I love this great country. George W. was one of the greatest governors of the state of Texas. It's time he has become, it's time he will become a great president. You guys who are out there, we're going to find your ass. We're going to make whatever country's hiding you into a stinking parking lot. God bless this country. God bless this great state I live in. And God rest the sorry son of a bitch that did this. We will find you. Man, we're cutting some old school wrestling promos in here, and it's getting over with this Texas crowd, is it not? JBL did a great job. He spoke from the heart. He's very articulate. No, he and uh, I'm happy to see him back in the loop, so to speak, uh, with Cherry Briscoe doing their little their podcast. It's fun, absolutely. And, uh, you guys, I like a lot, especially uh, Mr. Briscoe. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, John came through, and he meant every word of it. You know, John's a Republican, or he was at that time. He's a big supporter of George W. Not there's anything wrong with that, but he. Uh, he cut, he cut to the chase on the damn thing. And I, and he, you could hear him faintly in the background, the crowd reacting to his comments. They, they, they bought in, they understood and they agreed. This is a show worth going to watch just because, uh, you hear from so many folks that you don't normally hear from, uh, whether it's, you know, Kurt angle or stone cold or the rock, everyone is just speaking from the heart. 
But then there is a rather controversial interview that I'm sure you've heard of or seen Stephanie sit down. Do you remember people being critical of that at the time? At the moment, I don't, uh, I, I really don't know what I, I have to hear it again. Meltzer, um, says the only, the only one that had no business airing was the Stephanie promo, which I can't believe the company let air. I can see she meant it as a personal experience because in her life, perhaps the worst thing ever for her was when her father was on trial. I was at most of the trial. And I remember during the closing arguments in the case by the prosecution, just how horrible he would have to feel because his family was in the courtroom listening to it. And Stephanie, who was only a teenager at the time appeared understandably traumatized by it, but to equate a drug trial and the prosecution in the case or whomever she was referring to with the people who did the acts of the past week, which resulted in 5,000 deaths came off so poorly. It was the one aspect of the show I'd call offensive. To their credit, because of the negative reaction in the promo, they did edit it off of the excess show two nights later, which was largely a SmackDown repeat because New York fans couldn't see the original show. And this show would actually be edited quite a bit, Jim, as it aired around the rest of the globe. A lot of the yay, let's go America pro American stuff was clipped out. And I understand it is a global business. And certain countries have certain things they'll allow or not allow, but it is kind of a shame where it, this is supposed to be a feel good moment here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and none of us should get too wrapped up in the creative, right? People were, were expressing themselves. She had something she wanted to say. I did not remember the tie in with the steroid trial and that was sensitive territory, but you know, as a young person as a teenager uh and hearing all the speculation you remember she lives lives lived and lives in connecticut so she got all that new york media and that was a big deal you know mcmahon steroid trial because everybody was all, all already going to the verdict guilty you know he's going to be in danbury in a prison or something you know what's going to happen to wwf blah 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 and i i i just it bothers the shit out of and, and I tell you what, Conrad, based on what I read online, on Twitter, we're both, you and I are both on Twitter, uh, and it, 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 would be, it would be even worse today. Can you imagine the political pushback and, the, and all that on, on, in today's world of outspokenness and uh, defiance uh, on some of those topics? So I can see where some people can say, oh, God, I'm oh, stop. But, that, but you got to understand, you got to walk in her shoes a little bit to figure out, you know, here's a teenager that, that thinks that the, the media is saying that WWF, WWE, whatever, is going to go down. And that was her life. And it affected the most important person in her life, her father. So I, I can understand where she got to. I think Dave may have made a bigger issue out of it than it was. Uh, but... You know, it was, it was a good for a one-time mayor, without a doubt, but I don't know. I just, it's just so much of the negative. You know, we just, we, we search for negative shit. We search for, uh, you know, critiques. We search for a mistake. Oh, God damn, J.R. Paul, Paul White, big show. Oh, my God, ruined the show for me. Well, come on. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just crazy. 
it makes no sense to me. And that's the that's the underbelly right now for me as far as the beautiful world of professional wrestling is concerned. Is that sometimes all of us take it too damn seriously, and uh, it's not you know. So I, I don't know. I I love the fact that fans are passionate, but golly, think before you post, think before you send hit send, and understand the messenger and what the messenger is doing, and and not just go off the fucking handle and say, oh, uh, Jr's, this is that or this is that. No, come on, it's just not that complex. And enjoy it. And if you got to critique it, then critique it objectively with a little bit of common sense. I would be, I would be if you talk about being pet coon goofy, if somebody that didn't understand anything about pro wrestling just jumped on uh, online and looked at some of the tweets from fans regarding the, the product, they would think that our goddamn audience is uh, Neanderthals and, to some degree. And yeah. they're not. They're not comrades. So I don't know. I, I can see your point, and you're just reviewing what Melser said. And I respect Dave a lot, but I thought maybe that was that might have been a step just a little bit out of bounds there a little bit to me, uh, as far as critiquing a television show and the creative involved in a testimonial promo, a tribute show. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a listen to Stephanie, and then we'll do some Q and A, and we'll talk about it next week. A few years ago, some people tried to destroy my family. They attacked my father's reputation. They attacked my mother's reputation. And they attacked the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart, but all they did was make my family stronger. And that's exactly how America feels right now. Because on Tuesday, America was attacked. But America is a united nation. And together, we stand strong. I am incredibly proud to be an American citizen. And I will stand up for my rights and my freedom. So there you go. I don't think it was nearly as controversial. I mean, she was trying to no. make an analogy, but I understand how some people would say, well, that's not the venue or whatever, but I'm with you. Like in hindsight, seems much to do about nothing. She's trying to draw yeah. an analogy from her experiences. Yeah, that's all. And that's what we asked all the guys to do. All the talents, everybody that appeared on those interviews were simply asked, do you want to do one? Or they, they most of them came to Vince or, or whomever and wanted to be able to express themselves. And so we asked them all just to speak from your heart, be somewhat succinct considering it's on television you know, tell us how you feel, be honest, be truthful, say whatever you want. There was no censor. And so th that's what you got. You got that Michael Hayes promo that we didn't expect to hear in that tone. Yeah. We from JBL, very, uh, 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 you know, pro-American, uh, you know, a uh, little Republican stuff in there. No problem with me. I didn't care. I'm sure you didn't care. It didn't matter. So anyway, I, I think that uh, everybody was asked to speak from the heart. Nobody got a script. Nobody got bullet points. And so what you heard is what they felt. And if there's something wrong with hearing what somebody feels, then you need to reevaluate uh, your perception of things. Never take somebody else's opinion for granted. And because they don't agree with you, they're automatically wrong. Right. And that's bullshit. Total 
bullshit. So I'm, uh, I, I, I'm like you, Connie. I think it was just much to do about nothing. And I'm not on a Meltzer rant by any stretch of the imagination. No. As you said, so wisely. After hearing it back, was it really that bad? I don't think so. And that's the reason I wanted to play it because I felt like, don't get me wrong. When you just read what happened, oh, Stephanie compared nine 11 to her. Okay. That reads poorly, but so often the way something reads and then the way you hear it is two different things. So I wanted to play that. And I also want to play what it sounded like as the show was going off the air. So, uh, I'm going to play the clip of when, uh, angle gets the one, two, three. And as a reminder, Kurt angles in the main event, because why wouldn't he be? He is our Olympic hero. He is Mr. America, if you will. And, uh, captain USA, so to speak. So let's listen to the crowd as they celebrate the moment, the big USA chant as we go off the air. Let's take a listen. You were on uh, your shit that night, weren't you? Apparently so. <laughs> I didn't remember that. OJR had a little too much coffee, but I think that kid's got a future to spend his Conrad. I think uh, he did okay. There was a dark match after the show. The Rock would defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin, but what a nice way to end the show. The big USA chant. We got a ton of questions about this show, Jim. There's no way you know, we'll get to it. Before you move forward on that deal, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, the match happened. Kurt wins. And now you get that spot that you got to, uh, address taking you off the air. Yeah. It was gotta, it's gotta be a feel thing. There was no script. There was no bullet points. And I didn't know how much time I was going to have to prepare for something along those lines. Now, I obviously knew that at the end of the night, we're going to get off the air. We're going to thank the folks for joining us. I said, but I didn't know what I was going to say. And what my tone, my voice is going to be. But, uh, and the other thing is, you know, you do this every day, sometimes all day, every day. You don't know exactly what you're going to say in the moment until the moment gets there. Yes. And that's kind of where I was. And, uh, you know, we did get a little business in, involved in it, but basically it was to reiterate our feeling as a company, uh, as Americans, as, as to why we were, we were doing the show. And I, I'm, I'm out of the agreement. I understand that WWE is a global brand and was then is now, but I don't understand what it would have hurt, uh, why they were editing out all those stuff that say we might play in England, you know, England's an ally. Yeah. And if, if England got in trouble, just using England as an example, now, not just, right. uh, we would be there. 
we, we've been there before. Uh, you know, there's a little thing called World War II, you know? So uh, I don't understand that aspect of it. But nonetheless, I thought it was war- global news. And it was global news. So anyway, it's, it was a fun... Uh, I hadn't heard that getting off the air bit ever since until right now. And I'm proud of my work. Just to be without sounding like Monsoon would say, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back, kid. I'm proud of my work that night because we were sailing in these uncharted waters and it had to go all go with your heart and your instincts. And I'll always put my heart and my instincts up against anybody's because I still really, really care. And, uh, and on that night, it was just so special. I probably couldn't do that same clothes now if you put a gun to my head. It just feel. And it was, I felt what we need. I said what I needed to say. And, 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 I, and I got no backlash on it. It was great. Uh, we got a lot of questions. Uh, we're not going to get to them all. Let's do one important one here. Eric wants to know what's the one thing that Jr. will never forget on that night. Oh man. I think the, uh, everybody from start to finish that spoke was speaking from the heart and not scripted. The true feels of everybody was, was on display. And I, and I do think that we, we, we delivered a good message that, you know, we're not going to back down. We're going to live our lives. And, and that's how our philosophy here at the, at the WWE, WWF at that time. And maybe you should think about that as well. We can't quit now. We have to move forward in a positive way and do all we can to find these perpetrators and eliminate them and then to make our lives better, continue with our quality of life and don't let somebody in some foreign land disrupt the American way. So I, I think that's kind of what I would take away from that. Well, next week, we're excited that we're going to be back talking about your old, great, close, personal friend, Mr. Jerry Briscoe. What do you think we'll be talking about next week? Well, a lot of fun, a lot of humor, you know, uh, and, and I want to be able to point out how viable, uh, Jerry Briscoe was to putting that attitude roster together. It wasn't just a JR show. We had a great team and nobody on that team was more valuable, uh, than Jerry Briscoe. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big Jerry Briscoe fan. There's a lot of funny stories, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get into those, but, uh, it's, it's, it's paying homage to one of the great pioneers of pro wrestling and his role in the business and, uh, and how he specifically, uh, helped me put this roster together that has, uh, that launched a, a thousand ships, shall we say. So it's good stuff. Great stuff. And speaking of great stuff, so is JR's all purpose seasoning. Uh, go pick it up. If you haven't already, jrsbbq.com. I got to tell you just last night, we had pork chops here at the house, fresh off the grill. Of course I got the rec tech grill, had it like, I like it, but there's only one thing to season on pork chops in my house. Now JR's all purpose seasoning. But when I come back in and, and slide the little platter over to my lovely wife, Megan and say, Hey, pork chops are done. I see her setting our plates up and she's got some steamed broccoli there. And what's she sprinkling over the top? JR's all purpose seasoning. I had the seasoning on broccoli last night and it went <laughs> fabulously with our JR's all purpose seasoning pork chops. You got to try this folks. And I realize that a lot of you are listening to this and you think, 
Well, I might buy a bottle of sauce as a novelty and sit it on a bookcase in my office. I get that. My wife, who is not a wrestling fan, cannot get enough of JR's all purpose seasoning. Go out of your way to try it. And hey, if you're a dude, you might want to pick up some jerky too. And if you're uh, like me and you grew up in the South, ain't nothing wrong with a little barbecue sauce. You can get it all over at jrsbbq.com. And as you like to say, Jim, it costs nothing to look, right? Not a thing. Uh, jrsbbq.com is places to, to stroll through. Business has been good. You know, people are learning that grilling is a healthy way to eat. Yes, it is. If you can, if you can pull off the grill, uh, whether you're a big time griller or like, you know, you got your outdoor kitchen, I got mine. But you may have a, a, a small little hibachi that you put on the patio or something. Grilling's healthy. And it's a good way to eat. And I, you know, God, Connor, I find myself cooking vegetables uh, on the on the grill. Yeah. I made uh, fry. I like fried potatoes and onions together. It's one of my favorite things to eat because Mama used to cook it, and I could always smell it outside. You could smell it through that screen door. The kitchen, the, the, the kitchen to the outside, and I love them. And so what I've got is, I I, I have a these little. Uh, Oh heck, like a little sheet, barbecue sheet. Yeah. Lay them on the grill, put your potatoes and your onions on that, and cook away. It's a little bit of oil, a little olive oil or something, whatever oil you like. And uh, we're all eating better. You know, we're learning that nutrition is a big issue. I wish the hell I'd have started grilling and eating it more regularly when I was younger than I, even as as I am now, in other words. It's just healthier. And, uh, you know, I find out, like you're saying, I can have a protein, chicken, fish, because I cook a lot of salmon on my grill, and that uh, all-purpose seasoning on fish, kill it. Absolutely kill it. So give it a chance. Give it a shot, folks. We appreciate your support very much. Uh, I mean that. I'm very grateful. Business has been good. We're building a little business. That's the American way. You know, I, I, I we're building a business. We're, we're investing money and time and effort into our little website and any help that you feel like that you can contribute. You like good eating, who does it? Then, uh, then check us out. We appreciate it very much. Well, we can't recommend it enough. JRSBBQ.com. Hurry over there. As Jim said, it costs nothing to look, but I can't recommend it enough. We're using it every day here at the uh, Thompson household. And we hope that you're digging what we're doing over on YouTube as well. Check us out. If you haven't already, it's the best way to introduce our show to the wrestling fan in your life. I realize some of our shows get a little long winded. Sometimes we'll go more than two hell, even sometimes more than three hours, but we want to cover these topics as in depth and as thoroughly as we can for you. But if it is daunting for the wrestling fan in your life, introduce them to our YouTube channel. There's some fun little clips over there and maybe they'll hit the old subscribe button and come join us every week here on cumulus podcasts. Uh, until next week, he is at JR's BBQ. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter and our show. If you've got a question about Jerry Briscoe or any other topics we've got coming up are at JR grilling on Twitter. It's at JR grilling. And, uh, we'll see you next week right here on grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross and Conrad. I'll leave you with this, my dear friend, boomer sooner. And thanks a lot for listening, everybody. <laughs> I had to get it in. I'm sorry. I had to. Roll tight on that. We'll see you next week. I hear you. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.